0: News from RTHK.
1: Good morning and welcome to Backchat at our new time of 9.05. I'm Jim Gould and Mike Rouse is co-host. Good morning, Mike. Yes, the time has changed, but the co-host is still the same. (laughs) On uh, today's programme, uh, we're talking more about uh, this year's budget, in particular the emphasis on what was described as high-quality development, a theme running throughout the 2023-24 plan. One of the sections is entitled uh, Opening Up New Horizons Together. That is, uh, taking steps uh, in tandem with the mainland to push forward with innovation and technology. Today, we'll be focusing on this direction and talking about how the administration plans to turn Hong Kong into a more livable, low-carbon city and an international green tech and finance centre. Then, in the second half of the programme, we'll look at plans to develop artificial intelligence and third-generation internet, or Web3. What do you think about all of this? Uh, we'll be joined by some experts, uh, but you can have your say. Let us know what you think on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 23388 266. And we're now joined on the line by Professor Darwin Choi, Associate uh, Professor of Finance and Associate Director of the Centre for Business Sustainability. That's at the Chinese University. And also on the line is uh, Vicky Lee, uh, Supervisor in ESG. ESG being Environmental, Social and Governments, and Investor Relations at LW Asset Management Advisors. Um, Good morning to you both. Uh, Perhaps, uh, Professor Choi, if we could come to you first. Hello, good morning. Good
2: morning. Good morning, Mr. Gold. Good Good morning, Mr. Rouse.
1: Good morning, and thanks for joining us. Um, So, uh, looking at the plan to turn Hong Kong into an international centre for green finance and green technology, how well-placed are we to uh, achieve that?
2: Well, I think Hong Kong has been an international finance center for a long time. So Hong Kong has the support, has the um, infrastructure to become a green finance center. And of course, um, um, China also has the dual carbon targets in 2030 and 2060, so Mm -hmm. carbon emission to peak by 2030 and achieve carbon neutrality in 2060. So I think this is the time to um, support more green innovation, And also the transition to a low carbon economy. I think that Hong Kong definitely has the infrastructure to achieve this. Mm.
3: Yeah. Uh, Good morning, Professor Choi. What what sort of areas do you think we should uh, specialize in? Work together with the mainland on?
2: I think yeah. So there are like green technologies. So like methods to reduce carbon emissions. So methods to um, generally reduce carbon. Um, that, uh, of course, we are close to Shenzhen, so Shenzhen being an innovation hub, and in Hong Kong we have the science park and the cyber port where there are a lot of uh, companies focusing on innovation. Uh, We have the technologies and the people um, to to improve on the green technologies. So I also think um, one of the main major emission sources in Hong Kong is electricity, right? So, like, if we can also reduce... um, somehow our electric, electricity usage, then that will also help uh, improving the environment.
3: But China's a leader in, for example, solar, isn't it? Could we yes. could we be doing more in, in, in solar together with yeah, the mainland? Um,
2: I think, yeah, one way is yeah, so to reduce the um, electricity generated from coal and other uh, polluting sources. So like solar will be one direction, and of course the nuclear, uh, which we have been using is another direction. Uh, but of course, yeah, like I am not... Um, an expert on these uh, technologies like solar uh, panels of course have their own problems so it's easy to generate u- electricity but it's difficult to store. Right. So I don't know um, if the technology can solve this problem and after all uh, not every um, um, place in Hong Kong receives uh, sunlight all the time so it's difficult to store. Right. So if we can solve the storage problem then, then that would be better. That, that's quite a common
3: theme isn't it to those sources which are intermittent uh, like wind as well. I'm, some people in rural areas have told me that they've got panels on the roof um, and they have a sort of feed-in arrangement with the power companies. Um, could we be doing more, more of that?
2: Yeah, I think it's a good start. So um, yeah, I think government also subsidises um, the installation of these solar panels. Um, it's a good start, um, again, converting um, at least some of the electricity from being co-generated to more renewable sources. Uh, but again, I, I think that technology also is a challenge. Um, so not every household, for example, I um, don't really have a solar panel, and I live in a place that we that don't really have that doesn't really have sunlight all the time, and it will be difficult for everyone.
1: Okay, well, let's bring in uh, Vicky Lee. Good morning to you. Hello. Hi. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, hello, hello. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Yeah. thanks for joining us. Uh, so, so you're involved in the, uh, the ESG area, environment, uh, social and governance. Um, um, the financial secretary, when he was delivering his speech last week, he said that uh, uh, Hong Kong uh, already has an edge when it comes to establishing a, an international green technology and finance center because uh, IT development over the years has pooled uh, a number of green technology Enterprises and talents. Um, um, how well placed do you think we are?
4: Uh, I think we, we don't have much uh, green talent in the uh, green tech talent in Hong Kong nowadays. So the, I think the government needs more, uh, need to have some more education to uh, no matter the university or to the public to teach them what is uh, the green economy and especially how the green economy is uh, good for us and also the green technology. Uh, actually, I don't think many people or experts in Hong Kong know what mean by the uh, green car- uh, the carbon emission, or how to measure carbon emission. And so that I think we need to catch up with the international. Uh, what is the carbon credit, how to measure it and how to build up the green technology so that we can have a better green economy for Hong Kong.
1: Mm. So, so is that a lack of expertise, a, a lack of awareness?
4: Uh, I think both—we uh, are lacking of expertise and also lack of the uh, awareness. Mm.
1: Is, is that something that can be could be addressed by like education here, uh, or, you know, within our existing tertiary establishments, or, or is it a case that um, you know we'll need to bring in uh, expertise from outside?
4: Yeah, I think um, the government needs to uh, have more education programs for the school to educate people to know more about the green tech. Also, it need to educate public. Actually, we think that the public don't know much about the green economy. Even though we have retail green bond for them to buy nowadays, I think they just know that uh, oh, this is a government bond, it's relatively stable, and may have stable interest so that they they want to buy them so that for for us as an industry leader we have the responsibility to educate perfect what is green economy and why it's important to us and how they can involve or invest in the green economy maybe we can have some educational program just like RKHK. We can have some ESG program uh, or some invite the professor to teach more about what is ESG, what is green economy and what is green
1: tech. Mm. Well, ho- hopefully we'll be able to uh, educate the listeners a-, a little bit through this uh, program this morning.
3: Yeah, this, um, I know the stock exchange has now got uh, rules on mm. f- uh, shares that are on the stock market and requiring reports on, on ESG. Meds. How's that going?
4: Um, I think nowadays, only the company they they, they have to uh, write their ESG um, report in their um, in the annual report. But however, if you look deep into the report, they are not not very not written very details in what is what are they doing they just have a brief introduction of what we are doing for the environment what we are doing for the social and what we are doing for the government actually they don't didn't disclose much about for example for the environmental park um, they actually didn't disclose much about how many carbon emissions they have emitted out and how they can solve this problem i think this is the way that they need to catch up with the international and maybe they need to follow some of the international regulations or international framework like a GLI, like the the United Nations framework right. about how to disclose the um, ESG instruction.
3: Uh, so it, the principles are out there but you're querying whether they are in enough detail.
4: Yeah, yeah, that's not very detailed. And also, um, actually, uh, all financial institution or fund house uh, also need to disclose their own ESG integration statement since last year according to SFC regulations. However, if you look into um, different institution, they may not doing that, although uh, SFC re- required them to do that. So right. I think, yeah. So I think uh, actually we need to catch up more about with the international and do
3: a cut on it. what about the pushback you're now seeing in the United States in some circles against ESG some advisors saying this is all a this is just a fad it'll it'll pass by really for value investing we should ignore esG and and just look look at the return in dividends and so on
4: I don't think um, esG will... Um affecting return. Actually, if you really look into ESG investment, um, we, actually we have an index to talk about the U.S. and Australia market and according to our four years of track record, we can confidently tell that inclusion of ESG does not come at the expense of other generations. Actually, if you have a better ESG for a company and then you will have a better governance so that when when the economy is not very good, and then you ha- can have a good um, uh, governance policy to uh, make through that. And so, uh, and more uh, readings is talking about that um, if you you have a good, better ESG score for the company, and then you can overcome different um, um, economy situations. And actually, we, it, we, you will have a better uh, performance, All but right. not but not uh, a bad, bad performance.
3: Right. Yeah. Professor Choi? Mm. Yes. The, this uh, divided opinion, I know there's one very prominent uh, investment advisor who's saying, forget about ESG, um, this is just a passing fad.
2: Yeah, um, so, so first of all, I, I want to touch upon on uh, Ms. Lee's point. I absolutely agree with Ms. Lee that we need to raise awareness and um, have, uh, provide more training uh, for the green talent. Um, Uh, The universities are doing this, so um, at at UHK we are starting a master's program in sustainability management and I think some other universities in Hong Kong are starting similar programs, but of course we need more. And on the disclosure requirement, uh, of course um, the SFC is also tightening the disclosure requirement. Uh, For example, I think um, the uh, TCFD, the Task Force on uh, Climate-Related Financial Disclosures, will be imposed in Hong Kong in 2025. And um, at our center, Center for Business Sustainability at UHK, uh, we have an annual event where we give ratings to the uh, companies in the Hang Seng Stock Index and uh, we sent a questionnaire for these companies to fill in. So uh, we, we have been getting pretty good responses, and I think over time we see, definitely see an improvement. But I absolutely agree with Ms. Lee that we need more. I think we need more from the companies and from the uh, uh, general public. Uh, now back to the ESG investment. Uh, I also agree with Ms. Lee that um, ESG um, in the past helps us generating high returns, or at least it doesn't hurt the financial portfolio. Um, Now, however, there is some academic evidence saying that if we look forward into the future, there is a chance that the high ESG firms, so we call these the green firms, the green firms may earn lower expected return in the future. And there is some theory argument on this because um, the green firms are held by more investors, The counterpart the brown firms the low ESG firms are held by fewer investors and the brown firms will need to provide a high expected return uh, for the investors to hold now of course that's in theory uh, but uh, we also look at the past data in the last 10 or 15 years the green stocks have been doing pretty well but there is a caution here that we need to look at um, because um, we know ESG has been growing tremendously in the past 10 to 15 years. So um, um, there can be a case that um, the green stock's prices being pushed up by the higher ESG popularity. But if the ESG popularity reaches a saturation point, so when the ESG assets stop growing then the popularity cannot keep increasing and the prices cannot increase further. And in the future, we might see the reverse. I think that's a big concern. I think that's also um, the argument that some of the people who are against ESG that they are thinking about. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, uh, fortunately, I think um, the solution is um, if we care more about ESG, then some investors, they don't mind sacrificing a small part of their financial return in order to support the green stocks. So we hope um, that the the green stocks will still be doing well and will still be welcomed by more investors.
3: Right. Now, there are obvious limits of what Hong Kong can do in nuclear and solar, and you've mentioned some of these. And I believe the one area where we're doing a little bit ourselves is is wind. Um, But these are the direct things affecting the environment. What else could we be doing and looking at? hong kong
2: Mm, something to reduce the usage of electricity so rather than uh, converting of course they're converting um to renewable sources is important but also uh, reducing um, consumption is another way um for example reduce the uh, usage in peak hours is also important um of course yeah that can be subsidy from the government let's say um there is different pricing Um, in the peak hours versus the long peak hours, so that to shift some of the pattern to the long peak peak hours, so that could be a solution. Uh, I think electricity is going to be very important.
3: Right. So managing demand as well as greening the supply side. So far we've concentrated on the environment
1: side. What about uh, society, the social side? Um, Perhaps uh, uh, Vicky Lee, would you like to come in there?
4: I think for the social side, uh, uh, work maybe start from the company. They can like uh, like uh, uh, a leader to teach people uh, not using many electricity or try to use some renewable energy. Maybe just like uh, f- very old thing that oh, when you go out I and mean, you need to switch off the light and you need to switch off the air conditioner. And also, uh, we have some recycle campaign for. Public to join, just like they they need to recycle the bottle, recycle the aluminium can, and this is starting from the public to uh, try to do the ESG and help to social the the, the the level. And also, um, um, the laser company has have some campaign to um, help the poor people. They maybe donate some money to help them or to build a, a better environment for them to live. And this is also some sort of the. Uh, um, social uh, so, so level to help people to have a better um, green
3: green city. Right, because we don't need to have uh, big open spaces to hide our nuclear station, power plant. We, we can do more uh, social interaction uh, e- uh, even as we are. Mm. Mm. Uh, well, j- just well, 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 well,
4: Actually, I have uh, one more point to mm. talk about mm. the yes to investing. I think um, to uh to uh, reply to them, uh, professor Chan I agree that uh, a brand company will uh, may bring some high return in the long run but actually I think um industry investing uh, in uh, is not only aim to have a high return but instead uh, we we aim to have a better uh, risk management. Because we think that ESG investing is key features of risk management and giving back to society through investing. And in somehow, maybe a brand, a company may have a high return, but they may need to face some unexpected risk, like what we mean the ESG risk. So that we believe that ESG analysts uh, can com- com- complement both fundamental and technical analysis. And as the I can gain more uh, knowledge and understanding of ESG and they consider considerable, the returns and social contributions that can come to mind each of the others. So that we think that um, uh, ESG can balance the return and also the measurements of the ESG and I think uh, the, the key for ESG investing is the risk management.
1: Right. And the- how, 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 Sorry. How, how important is the uh, the green bond market? I mean, because I mean, for instance, like last month, five point seven five billion US equivalent of uh, green bonds were, were issued. That was the largest uh, ESG bond issuance uh, in Asia. Um, is the, is this going to sort of uh, uh, help to drive things forward? Yeah, I think uh, uh,
4: launching the issuing uh, the retail green bonds product is uh, uh, very good. For public to know more about uh, what is green economy, because uh, as I mentioned before, they, they just know that uh, oh, this is a green bond and this is relatively stable and, and stable interest, so that they will buy that. And but if they look deep more about oh, what is the fact um the meaning of the green bond? What are they doing? And then this is the better way to teach people or to teach public. Oh, how can they? How they can join the green economy? How they can invest in the um, green um, industry? And then I think we need to teach them how to distinguish or to know more about the product. Is this a real green good investment? To avoid any buying some greenwashing product. So I think uh, the government issuing the retail green bond for public is a good way to educate them and also to let them know more about green economy and green investing.
3: Uh, Professor Troy, perhaps I can come to you. The G, of course, stands for governance. Um, Are we talking, what, more diverse uh, boards of directors, uh, more women, more ethnic minorities? What what can we say about the situation in Hong Kong now?
2: Well, I think we have been talking about G for a long time. So G is governance, um, the corporate governance. We have been talking about uh, executive compensation, employee uh, relationship, and for diversity and the power of the CEOs. We have been talking about that for a long time and Hong Kong has been doing pretty well. Uh, Hong Kong is a well-developed financial market with um, regulations and um, I think yeah, in terms of ESGG has been uh, 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 in place for a long time. And of course now the focus is more on Yi, but uh, of course we should not fo- uh, forget about S, right, so the social dimension. Right? So like Miss Lee was saying uh, for the poor, uh, 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 the, the lower privileged people and also maybe for uh, um, uh, gender, sexual and racial discrimination too
3: Right, now some people have suggested that the remuneration which you touched on there that the package of the CEO should be related to a multiple of the package of the most junior worker in the company <laughs> people are saying well 20 to 1 is would be a reasonable benchmark do you think we should well, be thinking like that?
2: At, at the same time, we have to benchmark to international standards, right? So if we have our own rules, then the, the CEOs in Hong Kong will be moving away from Hong Kong. So I think, yeah, this is not something that Han- Hong Kong alone can change.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. V- uh, v- Vicky, Vicky Lee, would you agree yeah. with that?
4: Well, I think um, Hong Kong listed company the, uh, the board members of the wolf, the female and the male, uh, is about... 30, and then 70. And um, I, I think it's quite good to have a board member at, at least 30%. But I think we need to um, try to be um, try to have more female board members in Hong Kong because for the uh, inter- international framework, for example, um, the international standard like Europe, they are, they think that more than 40% of the board members are female. is a better uh, governance for the for the ratio, so I think we need to catch, try to catch up for the, this standard, and I think, um, but, but but I, I knew that um, for the, uh, it's quite difficult to try to catch up. But I, I think um, Hong Kong is still trying to do much better on the uh, female and the male ratio. But I think it's already doing very well, uh, but need to be working hard for that. And I I, I agree with the Professor Professor that um, governance is more important than the because you don't have the group members and then you, will, you won't have a good policy to, um, to cooperate
3: or to, to run the business. On the S side, mm. is, is there a danger that this just becomes a, a box-ticking exercise or something? Or we'll, we'll, we'll subsidise a community centre near where our head office is? Or uh, we'll hire a few poor people? Or we'll just make a big donation to the community chest? Is, is there a real social impact are being assessed by companies i think
2: that's why we need better disclosure <laughs> so um right. we need to monitor the companies better so like the um the questionnaire that i mentioned that our center gives every year we have a lot of questions on esng so we really try to track um the, how the companies are doing in each dimension so it's not just like
1: Thank you very much uh, to both of you for joining us uh, on the programme this morning. That was uh, Professor Darwin Choi, Associate Professor of Finance and Associate Director of the Centre for Business Sustainability at the Chinese University. And thanks very much to Vicky Lee, a supervisor in ESG and Investor Relations at LW Asset Management Advisors. Um, you're listening to a back chat in our new time of uh, from 9 till 10 in the morning. Um, we're going to take a, a short break for a new summary in just a moment. Uh, we'll be back uh, in a few minutes. Uh, stay with us for the second part of the programme. Just just one moment here, and let's try this. Okay.
0: The New Summary with uh, Tom Warden. Four people are due to appear in court this morning in connection with the murder of a 28-year-old woman surnamed Choi after body parts were discovered at a village house in Po on Friday. Three are charged with murder and a fourth with perverting the course of justice. Police say a fifth person has been arrested in connection with the case. Organizers say the first Oxfam Trailwalker event in three years has raised an estimated 15 million dollars. Some 1,600 people joined the 100-kilometer trek from Sai Kung to Yunlong over the weekend. A full Trailwalker event will be held in November. And the director of a University of Science and Technology centre for family offices has told RTHK the government should target the mainland's wealthy elite in its push to attract family offices to Hong Kong. The government has set aside $100 million to attract such funds to Hong Kong. Professor Winnie Peng added that the government should also target places in the region with high inheritance taxes, such as Japan and South Korea. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. Before making a booking at a guest house, remember to check if it has a valid license. Unlicensed guest
3: houses may not comply with building and fire safety requirements. If there's an accident, you may not be covered by your insurance policy. To check the license number, you can visit the website of the Home Affairs Department's Office of the Licensing Authority website at
0: hadla.gov.hk. Stay safe. Stay away from unlicensed guest houses. Scammers are everywhere. If an unknown caller claims to be a law enforcement officer, even if they have your personal information, you should never transfer money or disclose your bank account information, especially any passwords. Some online scammers may pretend to be lovers and investment experts. At the beginning of the investment, you might earn a little, but the scammers will eventually take all your money. When in doubt, call the Police Anti-Scam Helpline, 1-8222.
5: 95, 95 years,
0: years of public service
6: broadcast. broadcasting.
4: Stay tuned, Stay tuned with, with Hong Kong. Kong. Hi, I'm Secretary for Housing, Winnie Ho. Happy birthday to RTHK's 95th anniversary.
0: 95 years of public service broadcasting. 95 Stay, tuned years. Tuned Stay tuned with Hong with Kong. Kong.
3: You're listening to Backchat. Call us on
1: 233 266 and have your say. And welcome back to Back Chat with Mike Rouse and me, Jim Gould. And in this part of the programme, up until 10 o'clock in our new time, uh, we're going to be talking uh, more about uh, plans for digital transformation and also... Uh, d- the development of uh, artificial intelligence and third generation Internet or Web 3 or Web 3.0, as it's uh, sometimes referred to. Um, just before I welcome our next guests, uh, got a f- couple of uh, emails here from listeners. Um, so so Vic writes, uh, dear back uh, green stocks pricing presently is due to underlying value or is it? Uh, being propped up by herd mentality, uh, dot com bust, crypto bust, green stock bust. Uh, thank you, uh, Vic. And Mike says, uh, uh let's see what we've learned. Solar panels isn't the answer. Electric cars isn't the answer. Wind turbines isn't the answer. I'm waiting to be, uh, educated about what green is going to do for me or the planet, uh, Remember, CO two is what plants love, and the planet is fifteen uh, percent greener than it was uh, twenty years ago. Uh, okay, thanks for that, uh, Mike. I'm not entirely sure where you get all your info and facts from. But, uh, we didn't
3: actually cover cars, did we? We
1: didn't. One? No, we didn't. We didn't. But I guess I guess Mike's talking about you know topics over the last uh, few months right. that we've uh, that we've been into. Anyway, uh, joining us now. Um, On the line, we have uh, Alex Yoon, who's a senior project director of uh, Meta-Utopia Technology Limited, and also Professor James Lee, blockchain technology expert and adjunct professor at uh, Hong Kong University of Science and Technology. Um, Good morning to you both. Um, Perhaps, perhaps, uh, uh, Professor Lee, uh, if we could uh, uh, just... um ask you first. Um, so, um, quite a lot in the budget about, uh, about digital transformation, the digital economy. Um, one, one, one thing that just comes to mind, uh, 500 million, for instance, uh, uh, for Cyberport uh, to uh, assist uh, SMEs in digital transformation. Um, <clears throat> um, uh, in your view, are we going sort of fast enough in this direction? Hello?
7: Hello, yes, Yes. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, 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 you yes. okay, can now. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. I think so. Uh, I think um, um, uh, Hong Kong is actually right now is catching up and uh, uh, obviously a third generation internet and the, the latest AI technology that we have all seen fundamentally has a, a big, I think, uh, a fundamental change to across the board, all kinds of areas. So I think, you know, at this point, uh, the investment in the infrastructure Probably already heard about you know the investment in supercomputing for mm. uh, ai and uh, and also like uh, for uh, science and technology uh, in various areas I think this is a really uh, a very timely i think uh, uh, policy and investment for uh, you know for establish you know the kind of infrastructure digital infrastructure for hong kong mm. yeah.
1: for,
3: Professor, for the benefit of the what I may call backwoodsmen, uh, people who are not very technology adept. I'm not clear, what's the difference between Web 1 and Web 2 and Web 3?
7: Um, Yeah, that's a good question. If you think about the first generation, like the internet, uh, usually it's called Web 1, the first generation about 20 years back, that's really to get information online. So regardless where you're located, you know, you can actually access online and read, you know, for instance, information on a web page. So, you know, you can know something about the price of the product. So, that's the foundation for e commerce, which is really to release information regardless of uh, where you're physically located. Right. I think this, yeah, the second generation, which is really we are experiencing right now, is really we have uh, a mobile world. So, we have a mobile phone. Uh, As long as you tap into that and log into a social network, Like Facebook, you know, like uh, uh, YouTube and uh, uh, Bilibili or any kind of uh, 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 social network, you have all your social connections. So basically, uh, you have a whole world, a platform. You can do e-commerce. You can you can uh, watch videos. Uh, It's very personalized experience. Uh, But one of the big problem is the platform owns all the data. So basically, Uh. uh, uh, the uh, the advertisement sort of uh, uh, is the major commercial drive. And the platform is free so everybody can log on to a platform enjoy you know the, uh, the free services but someone has to pay for all that you know, uh, cost so basically this is uh, in, in another way you know, the, the users are comp- uh, uh, supported by those uh, uh, advertisement business model
3: right people, s- people say if you're not paying for a service uh, or a product you are the product
7: right <laughs> yes yeah, exactly like you, you, you do a search on the uh, let's say Google. And Google is actually searching back on you, know all the users, what you are interested in, such that, you know, the, the tailor-made advertisement can be delivered to the user. So so the user data are really very valuable in that sense.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh,
7: yeah. Alex
1: Yoon, good morning.
7: Yeah, good morning.
1: So we, we've heard about uh, the great potential of third-generation Internet. Uh, how is it likely to transform our lives?
5: Well, uh let, let me use an example that um, we call the Web 3.0. Uh, that, uh, I followed um, uh, Professor Lalois's uh, suggestions uh, or comments. Uh, well, uh, Web 3.0, we call this decentralization, transparency and autonomy of the user. So um, if through um, Web 3.0, I mean uh, everyone have their own data ownership. And secondly, we have all the because we're, we're talking about um, Web 3.0, We must use the technology blockchain. Hmm. Okay, blockchain yeah. is uh, transparency, and then we can have um, we can have uh, uh, this is open source, so that everyone can um, um, uh, build their business or set their uh, NFT on the blockchain business.
7: Uh, so, yeah,
1: so, I, so, so sorry, sorry, yeah, go ahead. Yeah,
7: yeah I can uh, actually, uh, I can give an example, hmm. like uh, you yeah. know, for for third generation internet, for instance, you know. Uh, if you go uh, go to a shop uh, buying a product, and usually, you know, you hand in the money and you get the, let's say, the sandwich. And this is a fair, like, uh, uh, transaction, right? But the data, if you're looking at the data, data is actually... At the uh, uh, seller the merchants uh, uh, website or the server and you do not have that data of course you sometimes can get a receipt but usually you don't have that data in your apps or in your control so that means you know the platform can have your data it's very similar like uh, e-commerce you go to e e-commerce or go to a website you click, you click through and the website has your data and you don't mm-hmm. so the third generation actually make that table of so turn the table around actually uh, not only the uh, the server the merchant has the data and you as a consumer you also have the data and that data is locked up in your private wallet and the wallet is just application it's embedded into your uh, uh, application software so you have that data and that data is uh, uh, if that data can be monetized or has any value to anyone and uh, you will actually have access or control and eventually, whatever uh, value, business value generated out of your data is actually going back to you.
3: But does that so mean, they, sorry, does that mean then that for the uh, c- customer, the consumer, as I'm not sure what capacity we now are, but the, <laughs> that I'm going to have to pay to be on Facebook? Um, uh,
7: no, not, not, not really, because uh, if you're looking at the, the Web3, it's actually a technology, Web3.0 or third generation it's actually transparent for any user because uh, when you get onto uh, let's see a a social network you're using some of the app mobile app and that mobile app actually if it's upgraded to incorporate uh web 3.0 wallet it's actually just a software module and that data is actually stored for you it's almost like you embed a metaverse uh, wallet or some wallet like you used for those famous uh, like cryptocurrencies like uh bitcoin ethereum technically they are the same level of uh security and the same level of uh, the same underlying technology except they are actually embedded into a mobile app so for for the end user, it's transparent you don't have to pay for anything, and uh it's all about you know the technologies enable right. you but yeah to
3: but have some it. someone has to pay for the infrastructure uh, and yes, if yes. I have the information. Then the technology company doesn't have a sort of lever, does it?
7: Um, if you're going back to the business model right now, the second generation business model is like uh, commercials, like advertisement, uh, paying for the uh, advertisement, uh, paying for the uh, most of the uh, the cost. And for the third generation, it's actually a much broader sense because, uh, uh, like internet service provider, telecom operator, mobile operators, all of those actually providing. Uh, services or providing infrastructures, they will be the ones that actually compensated for that. So that means you know, if uh, uh, if uh, a business uh, is trying to uh, doing some marketing and sending advertisements or products to the potential users, they will have to be part of this uh, Web3 ecosystems. So they actually, uh, rather than paying advertisement like the Web2 uh, generate, I mean Web2 way. They're actually doing some things like uh air job of their NFT, non fungible tokens, or something we call the vouchers. And that voucher is, uh, will be uh, routed to the, uh, the final uh, consumers or destination.
1: Oh, okay, okay. Uh, th- uh, thanks. Uh, just uh, hold it there for a moment, please, because we have uh, a caller, Mike, on the line. Hello, good morning.
5: Well, it's not, deb- uh, it's not on the topic that you're talking right now, but I was, uh, I-, I called in. And I just wanted to uh, get a message to the presenter that
4: you're censoring my emails.
5: <laughs> you read half of what I say on my email, and I would just want—I just call enough to ask about uh, about that. Mm-hmm. It, um, I know it, the subject is green, mm-hmm. and uh, I was just wondering why you were censoring my emails.
1: Um I'm not uh, not deliberately censoring Mike it's just uh, sometimes uh, uh time is a factor and uh, we nah. get uh, we get long we get long emails we get shorter emails so uh, you know got to keep the program it was, moving it, along. Um it okay okay it thanks very bland. much Mike thanks very much for your call. Um let's uh, let's return to what we were discussing um earlier. Um so uh, uh Alex Yoon um yeah. So, so, yeah, uh, can, can, can we also talk about um, uh, the plan to set up an AI supercomputing center? I mean, how, how, how excited should we be about that?
5: Well, um, AI supercomputing center, I think this is a good idea. Yes, um, um, the government, uh, our financial secretary right. and also our chief executive also say that we are moving to a intact society. Such as uh, uh, virtual assets, etc. All they, all these, they need a uh, uh, strong uh, uh, technical support. I'm, I'm totally agree with what the direction they are. Mm-hmm.
3: Should we be excited or should we be frightened?
5: Uh, not really, not really frightened. Uh, well, I I'll just uh, share some, uh, some uh, my personal point of view. That as the financial sector, uh, our financial secretary had mentioned that uh, Hong Kong will be one of the um, leading virtual assets uh, in Hong Kong. Uh, so, so far, we have two uh, uh, crypto assets um, uh, authorized uh, uh, exchange platforms, and also we got eight, uh, or it's run by the Hong Kong government, eight uh, licensed asset management companies limited. Uh, so, what they can do is on the crypto.
1: Uh, virtual ethics side. Okay, uh, we have another. Uh, t- sorry, we have another guest now. We're joined on the line by Annie Hoy, who's chief operating officer and co-founder of Custonomy. Uh, 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 good morning to you. Good morning. So, um, so Annie Hoy, you're involved with uh, digital asset security. Um, uh, how well placed do you think uh, Hong Kong is to uh, to become? Um, a, a, a leading uh, digital transformation center?
6: Yes, I think um, from what I understand, right, uh, actually Hong Kong did have a lot of good crypto blockchain companies startups up uh, in few years ago. Okay, mm. so basically we have a very good foundation, and especially with the support that right now the government uh, gives to the eco- ecosystems, I think Hong Kong did have a very good advantage to pick up these virtual asset financial center leaders mm-hmm. among uh, the Asia or even among the world. Um, to be honest, uh, in Hong Kong, we not just have our advantage of being a very good financial system, has a lot of uh, experts around, but in fact, I think in Hong Kong, we also have a lot of good resources, uh, people, um, as well as some technologies that we have right now. Uh, like us in Hong Kong, we, we do have a very good MPC technologies that can provide to the market. So I think... Uh, we don't, we, we, we have all the uh, conditions that we could be the leader. It's just how we can point everything together, collaborate together and make it have a bigger effect.
3: What, what will this mean to the ordinary person in the street? Uh,
6: uh, sorry, could you, could you say again?
3: Well, the, the, all, what you're saying is all, all technology and, and blockchain and so on. As far as the ordinary person citizen in the street is concerned, what, what advantages will this bring to them?
6: Well, I think um, uh, first of all um, in, in Hong Kong people um, can pick a very fast right as far as um,
0: we can have,
6: uh, as far as we can have a, a very good um, a message to the public to give uh, right guidelines to the public what to do, okay plus the technologies that we have invented, I think uh, it will be very easy for the people to have a better adoption, especially on the mass adoption. So I think uh, from that point of view, uh, Hong Kong can do it uh, in a very good way.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you think this is going to be like a, you know, a big help in driving forward uh, economic development?
6: Yes, of course, of course. Mm-hmm. Because um, as what we see from the previous professor, I say, say um, actually West 3 is definitely the trend in the future. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, I think um, as the leader in the financial market, we have definitely need to look seriously into the virtual assets part, the crypto part, um, and and Hong Kong is very special, right? So um, we are, we have a very unique position um, facing the west and supporting by the east. So um, I think from this, we can actually even have more uh, innovative business model around us. And um, I think this is very important for us to grow this ecosystem, this welfare ecosystem at this moment.
3: Mm-hmm. Alex Yoon, know, I wonder if I can come back to you. You've got the word meta in the title of your uh, company. I've been reading that Mark Zuckerberg is e- e- economizing a lot now, laying off staff and so on, and slowing down maybe the development of the metaverse. Uh, what do you see the future? What does meta mean to you?
5: Uh, this, uh, uh, well w- related on uh, metaverse uh, this, is, uh, this is a future uh, of the uh, one of the um, IT technology. Uh, uh, um, going back to the metaverse uh, you, uh, I mean, you think some of uh, such a company uh, sandbox here um, they already have sold their virtual lens and build up the uh, Metaverse um, ecosystem there. And uh, many young kids uh, go there and uh, play their games uh, in the Metaverse.
3: So it's a, it's a social world.
5: Yeah, uh, yeah, social world, ecosystem. And uh, we, we would say that is it's pay to earn. Because when you go there and you pay, uh, you earn the token, you earn the incentive.
3: Right, but can you, can you get on the bus and pay with a token?
5: Oh, not yet, not yet now. <laughs> oh, you need to go for um, a change uh, uh, from the cryptocurrency uh, to, to the uh, exchange to the fiat currency. You need, uh, well, you need some time, I mean, but the, the direction is quite clear that uh, the crypto uh, can be converted into fiat currency where it's on the way.
3: Whoa, that's a big statement. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> 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 the cryptocurrency and fiat currencies are going to work out. I guess a, a, yeah, bri- l- a l- bridge. L- yes.
5: Yeah, let me explain a little bit. Actually, hmm. now Hong Kong, we have two uh, authorized uh, crypto exchange. You can uh, put your uh, uh, Bitcoin or Ethereum in the exchange, and they will give you the fiat currency. This is already has uh, has been uh, has been doing now. Hmm. This is authorized and it's legal.
3: Mm. Yes, but mm. the, it starts because a lot of people are prepared to put, if I may call it fiat money or re- real money, as <laughs> the cynics would say, into the crypto world in the first place.
5: Yeah, yeah, of course. I give one more statement. Of course, it, it must be regulated. Uh, uh, Follow the rules of the the mm. Mm.
7: Uh, Yeah, if I can, uh, Professor uh, may Lee, add yeah, to yeah. that. Yes, comments uh, uh, from Alex. Mm. I, th- I think uh, DeFi or those uh, cryptocurrencies is just one aspect of, uh, uh, in general, like we call that a Web 3.0 uh, uh, platform or infrastructure. Uh, what we actually trying to do in Hong Kong, you know, specifically for Web 3.0, is to actually have a broad uh, infrastructure, digital infrastructure. And that's really not just for like DeFi type of uh, uh you know uh, uh, cryptocurrencies or tokens. I really uh, what we're really looking at are some things can really uh, uh support a much broader digital economy. Things like uh, what we do, what we eat, you know, what we are uh, on a daily basis. These are all things actually can be enabled by a mobile and a blockchain and AI technologies. So if we think about uh, tokens. On the much broader sense, it's a vouchers, it's a system, a ledger system, so you can record what's going on. And if that's possible, uh, by building that infrastructure, uh, that's why you know, we call that a meta infrastructure. You will actually using Web3.0 applications or services, just like you're using uh, Web1 with a HTTP URL. You access the website. And with another link, you can access the underlying digital assets. It can be um, digital rights. Maybe right. a book, a music, anything.
3: This technology mm-hmm. is is open to everyone. So, what gives Hong Kong a special edge in exploiting it in future?
7: I think uh, because uh, first of all, it's uh, like a, a, a first uh, mover advantage. Yeah, because Hong Kong, although you know we are a small city, but we do have a full of, you know like a broadband infrastructure, five G, and we have uh, a very efficient uh, social systems and financial systems. So, uh, so that means, you know, if we are move faster and uh, we can actually get to set some of the standards for uh, third-generation Internet, such like, uh, you know, kind of standards to connect the old, like uh, second-generation web versus the future, which is metaverse. So I think this is a lot of what's still, a lot of technologies going on, a lot of standards, a lot of technologies and applications. And if we move fast, and at least, you know, in certain areas, which Hong Kong is really good at, for instance, the broadband and uh, uh, games and um, uh, you know, tourism,
1: uh, digital government, a lot of those areas we might be able to lead. So that means, you know, uh, there's a lot of opportunities. Right. And uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Annie Hoy, you said, uh, you know, Hong Kong people uh, uh, learn faster, uh, willing to embrace technology. What do we need to do to stay ahead of the game here in terms of the third generation Internet?
6: Yes, I think um, I totally agree with uh, what Alice said. Um, But actually, blockchain, another property to give to market is they can allow a more peer-to-peer business or peer-to-peer interactions, right? So everybody can own their data, can contribute their data and get the return based on the data that they contribute. So with these technologies already in the market, So if the government can push more and then educate people, I think we all agree that Hong Kong people are very innovative. Definitely, we will have much more business ideas or new innovative way to uh, interact with people, come up based on this technology. And then that will be uh, a very good um, market position for us in the
5: world as well.
1: Mm. It, it's, I read an explanation about the three generations of internet. It said the uh, uh, f- first one was read, second one read and write, and third is read, write and own. So yep. it sounds as though it's, it, it has the potential, to certainly, to be a, um, a lot more, uh, if you like, democratic rather than being owned and run by a number of large, um, or not such a great number, but uh, by large technology firms much more potential for the individual there
6: yes yes mm. i do agree mm. so that's why um to have the ownership of that here is a very important thing i think um not just the asset itself but actually uh, a lot of data like privacy other the things uh it is also very important like ip
4: yeah so mm-hmm.
6: um i think uh, this is a very important for people to embrace the technology that they don't, they know how to own their things. Mm-hmm. Securely and safely, and easy
1: for them to use as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Professor Lee, does does this come back to education?
7: Yes, I think mm-hmm. ed- education is very important. Mm-hmm. Especially, I think a uh, general platform. Uh, it's like uh, we want the next generation youngsters or or startups. You know, they can write web three applications as easy as they write a, a web page like twenty years back. So, uh, lots of uh, potential applications or innovations can be enabled uh, if we have a
3: good education system and make make sure the web three technologies are accessible to everyone. Mm. Wow, <laughs> I I I find out a lot of information on the, on the internet. There's mm. no question, and I um, I'm on LinkedIn and I'm on Facebook, and I Google sort of pretty much every day something. Um, what I'm just a bit concerned is if if I now own my data and control my data, um, the te- the technology firms who at the moment provide all that infrastructure are they sh- still going to be able to use my data to earn money? Because um, if not, someone's going to say, well, if, if you want to be able using Google, you've got to pay.
7: Um, if you think about it, right, right right now, all the data. For instance, so when you go to a website, you click through. And those data are already somewhere on the platform. So the Web three generation technology is just to give a user a a copy of your data. Right. So that means so that means you know the platform can still do whatever they want. Of course, right now in US, in Europe, and China, there are also like personal data privacy sort of regulatory requirement. Like platform cannot just uh, using users' data as they want. They have to uh, fulfill certain obligations. So in the future, I think, you know, the Web 2, uh, uh, whatever right now, like uh, advertisement-based commercial uh, is still available. But in addition to that, because you have your own data and uh, actually you we, you can enable or support uh, a Web 3.0 kind of applications. So is that mean you know, more data? Would,
6: yeah. Yes. I think just don't just think about that You have to pay. But maybe you also think that you have you, what you can earn. <laughs>
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Sure, sure. Okay, <laughs> yes. okay. Uh, th- very interesting discussion. I'm sorry we're out of time. we we'll have to bring it to an end. But uh, uh, thank you all very much uh, for taking part. Uh, uh, thanks to uh, James Lee, Professor James Lee, blockchain and technology expert, adjunct professor at uh, Hong Kong University of Science and Technology. Thanks to Annie Hoy, Chief Operating Officer and Co-Founder of uh, Castonomy. And uh, thank you very much also to Alex Yoon, a Senior Project Director of uh, Meta Metopia Technology, Limited. Uh, Thanks to our listeners. Got a couple of emails uh, which didn't get time to read out. I'll save those till tomorrow. Thanks very much, as always, to our co-host, Mike. Always a pleasure. And we'll see you next Monday.